Good day, and welcome to another edition of The Journey Life with Dr. Joe. We're here, we know that journey living is all about holistic living, living of the mind, the body, and the spirit. I'm so glad you've taken the time out of your busy schedules to listen and to tune into this podcast. I hope you're well. I hope you're blessed wherever you're listening to this particular podcast. I like to start off each podcast giving a big shout out and thanks to all of those who make this possible. We have a screening team. We've got a production team and we have a newsletter team and all of them are doing a great job. Big shout out to them, to our journey administrator. Without you guys and the groups of folks who are working hard, um, doing all that you can to make a difference, a big shout out to you all. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, of my heart, thank you for all that you do. I'm excited about today's show. We've got a, a what I call a monster show for you. And when I say monster show, it's going to be a monster of information. If you're listening to this for the first time, I want you to know and to understand you at any time can write in and submit questions. Your questions can be related to um, the physical body, ailments, weight loss, diet, food, eating. It can be related to spiritual things as well as emotional things because it's all about holistic living. Um, If you are listening to this and you want your question asked, you want to ask a question, you want me to answer it at a future show, all you have to do is email our screening team at askdrjoe at formyjourney.com. Again, that's ask, A-S-K-D-R-J-O-E, askdrjoe at formyjourney.com. Today's podcast, I'm going to jump right in it, and the title is Bread, Wheat, and Grains could be making you sick the bread the wheat and the grains could be making you sick and i hope by the end of this podcast you'll have some excellent information i'm not only going to share with you my thoughts but i'm going to give you different reference points people that you can look for look up different information because in life sometimes it's not just about you know listening to someone else or getting you know, information secondhand, but really doing the the work yourself and really looking looking in into it to see, you know, so you can learn as an individual and as a person. So let's, let's see if we can start this off. Um, those of you who have gone through the journey process, you know and understand that we eliminate breads, wheats, and grains. You know this. This should be something that you're familiar with. You should understand the whys behind that. And it should be something that you have made a part of your ongoing lifestyle to live bread free, wheat free and grain free. Now, those of you who are listening to this, I want you to, by the end of this show, understand why we as butterflies and legends live like this. Why is this something that, you know, I live on a daily basis, daily basis, bread free? wheat free grain free why is this now before we start let me just kind of lay the foundation to tell you exactly what a grain is because a lot of times you know you never want to assume that people know the first thing is i don't have enough time in this particular podcast to tell you all of them but i will tell you um, a few examples of grains grains are, are barley that's a grain buckwheat 
oats. So oatmeal is something that I don't make and I don't acknowledge as a part of my particular diet, nor do I teach. Corn, rice, farra. Those are just a few examples of everyday types of things. Grits, hominy, popcorn. All of those things are grains. Okay, and believe it or not, I remember when I was growing up as a child, and you guys remember the food pyramid, and if you look at the bottom of the pyramid, it tells you that a healthy diet consists of six plus servings of whole grains, whole wheat per day. And I believe in my heart of hearts that for many Americans that it's that thought that we need grains, bread, and wheat has created so many illnesses within this country. And by the end of this episode, you'll hear exactly what those are. So that's an example of what grains are. So the first thing when we are having the journey life, we don't consume grains. That's number one. Now, when you think about grains, don't just think about them individually, but just think about the things that grains are in. It's virtually everything. It's in cereals, breads, pastas, um, stuffings, different additives, fillers, etc. So not only do you need to understand what a grain is, but you need to understand what grains are in. We don't eat wheat. We don't eat gluten bread, crackers, wraps, because all of those things are have within them either grains, wheat, and or gluten. Now, the next thing that I want you to know and to understand before we get into the crux of the message is what is gluten? You hear about that. You see it on different uh, labels, gluten-free. This is a gluten-free type of thing. The reason why is because many people have gluten allergies, and I'm going to get into that in a few moments, but I want you to understand exactly what gluten is. Gluten is a protein that is found in wheat. It's an indigestible protein that is found in wheat. Gluten is the substance that makes bread chewy. When you bite into pizza and you see the dough, it springs up or the bagel or um, the loaf of bread. It's spongy. It gives it a chewy, bready type texture. That's what gluten does. And a lot of times when they're making breads, they'll actually take this protein and put it in the dough to make it, um, you know, more palatable. People like fluffy, chewy, bready type substances. And I'll be the first to tell you that, you know, there was a time that I loved bread, you know, um, loved it. It was a major staple of my diet, just as most Americans. But when I understood how it was affecting me because a lot of people are affected by bread, by wheat, by grains, and they don't understand it. And that's what we're going to talk about on today. Okay. Um, the first thing that I want to share with you is I want you to understand that. And I want to take some time to really break down on this particular show. Why wheat? Why gluten? is so harmful to you. All right. I want I want to give you just a few examples. I want to give you just a few different talking points. I'll try to substantiate each one of them with research. The first thing is 
wheat products. So when you look at cereal, all your cereals, okay, your Wheaties, your, uh, they, they have, uh, it's full of wheat. Um, the breads, the pizza doughs, the pastas, they don't have wheat. They have some type of grain or some type of gluten that's on the inside of them. We have to, we have to kind of remember these things, okay? The first reason why wheat is not healthy is because it's full of gluten. Now, gluten for many Americans, some studies suggest anywhere from 70 plus to 80 percent of Americans have sensitivities to gluten. Okay. And this particular disease, if you are, quote unquote, allergic or have a sensitivity to gluten, is called celiac disease, C-E-L-I-A-C. Now. Celiac disease, believe it or not, is an autoimmune disease. Now, stay with me for those of you who are listening, because if you ever pay attention to the medical industry, if you ever pay attention to the new and the latest type of popular illness that people have, you'll hear that word being thrown around autoimmune disease. What does an autoimmune disease mean? Auto means self-immune. So basically an autoimmune disease is when the body begins to attack itself. The immune system begins to basically attack the internal workings of the body. And if you listen and pay attention over the last, I remember 20, 30 years ago when I was a kid, I didn't, you, you never heard of autoimmune disease like you did prior to about 10, 15 years ago. And one of the main reasons why you don't hear about that is because people are starting to make the connection between diet and illnesses, especially illnesses that are becoming rampant. Whenever, listen, whenever you have and you see a rampant illness, especially in this country, when I say rampant, I'm talking about heart disease. I'm talking about cancer. I'm talking about diabetes. I'm talking about strokes. I'm talking about uh, various autoimmune disease diseases. Whenever you have rampant things that are preventable, the leading causes of death in this country are preventable diseases. It's always connected to diet, what you're putting in your body. Now, don't think that the rise of the awareness or people having this autoimmune disease, lupus, all of these different autoimmune diseases, we'll get into that. Don't think that the rise of that is not connected to diet. Because ladies and gentlemen, everything is connected to diet. Everything in terms of your health and wellness starts with what you put in your mouth. It's a bottom line. All right. If all of the fundamental building blocks that you use to build your home are flimsy, lack of substance type of materials, what type of house will you be building? And you have to look at your body the same way. If you're putting sugary things, a lot of fried foods, breads, things that are absent of nutrition, things that are not God made whole food nutrition, just think about the type of body you're building. Okay. Now, celiac disease, back to that, are individuals who have sensitivities to gluten. It's an autoimmune disorder that can occur in genetically predisposed people where the ingestion of gluten leads to the damage of the small intestines. It is estimated to affect 
one in 100 people worldwide. And those numbers, of course, go up in places like America, where you see such a large consumption of grains, of wheat, and products that have within them gluten. Now, if you're listening to this and you want more information about celiac disease, just go to celiac.org. C-E-L-I-A-C.org. If it doesn't pop up, just Google it and I'm sure you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, let me go over with you so we'll know how these things are connected to other illnesses. Let me share with you some of the more common autoimmune diseases. Okay. Now, when you go through the journey, you know, I tell you what, let, let, let me share with you the diseases. Then I'm going to tell you about the journey so you'll kind of understand. These are a couple. I'm about to go over some of the more common autoimmune diseases. Just listen to this. Rheumatoid arthritis. That's that is inflammation of the joints and surrounding tissue. Systemic lupus okay, affects skin, joints, kidneys, brains, and other organs. Celiac spur disease, a reaction of gluten found in wheat, rye, and barley that causes damage of the um, lining of the small intestines. Vitiligo. It's an autoimmune disease. Okay. What's vitiligo? White patches on the skin caused by the loss of pigment. Psoriasis, a skin disorder that causes redness and irritation as well as thick, flaky, silver white patches. IBS, inf irritable bowel syndrome or inflammatory bowel disease, a group of inflammatory diseases of the colon and small intestines. Graves disease. Many of you ladies are on medication right now. Graves disease is an overactive thyroid gland. Type 1 diabetes, the destruction of insulin producing cells in the pancreas. What I've just listed to you are some of the more common autoimmune diseases. Think about it. Celiacs is an autoimmune disease. What is celiac? Celiacs disease is a disease where people cannot digest gluten. Let's not assume and let's not think that the connection of wheat, grains, and gluten does not have something to do directly or indirectly with those other inflammatory quote-unquote diseases. Now, the reason why people respond so well to the nutritional portion of the journey is because the diet is an anti-inflammatory diet. It is a way of eating that was designed, okay, to reduce inflammation in the body. So basically, it's an anti-autoimmune disease friendly diet. It is the type of diet that individuals who have any type of autoimmune disorder that if you eat a, an anti-inflammatory diet, it will directly and or indirectly affect you positively. It'll either cause your condition to be completely reversed or greatly improved. Period. Bottom line. Okay. So the first reason why you want to stay away from uh, wheat is because it's full of gluten. All right. Number two. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Wheat causes a severe release in insulin and grains causes a severe release in insulin, which is anabolic. Now, 
I, I want to be scientific now, but still want to make it plain. You have two types of uh, t the these two words are basically the antithesis of one another, anabolic and catabolic. Catabolic means to be broken down or to break down. Anabolic means to build up. Now, a lot of people don't understand when you consume bread, just like insulin is released when you're eating a candy bar, when you're eating something that's sweet, the same thing is happening when you're eating wheat, when you're eating bread, when you're eating grains. There is a release of insulin. Diabetics should off the rip, whether you've gone through the journey or not. One of the best things you can do, diabetics, is to abstain from eating bread, wheat, and grains. Because what it's doing is it's causing you to be that much more dependent upon your insulin. Now, let me tell you something, uh, diabetics. The biggest lie known to human beings is that di diabetes is an incurable disease. And that's not the case because there are many individuals who have been diagnosed with diabetes and have allowed their diet to reverse their condition. Either they got off of the medication or their condition has been greatly improved. The way you cure yourself from diabetes is by adjusting your diet to the point to where you minimize your insulin production, which is coming from your pancreas. It's almost like if you sprain an ankle, what's the first thing the doctor tells you to do? Stay off your ankle. Don't walk on it. But think about if you sprain your ankle and you go out and you're hopping, and you're running, and you're jumping and you're springing up and down and you're sprinting up the street and you're playing basketball, it'll never heal because you're not resting it. That's the reason why people stay on insulin for the rest of their lives and have all of the issues that are connected with being a diabetic because you never give the pancreas time to rest. If you are a diabetic, you need to remove grains from your diet. You need to remove wheat from your diet. You need to be eating like we eat on the journey. You need to be eating a diet that's very consistent with a paleo type of way of eating to where you're eating whole, fresh foods. You're removing the grains. You're removing the simple sugars. And you're being very, very cautious about the types of fruits that you're obtaining as well. So the second reason is because wheat causes a very high production of insulin. Number three. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let you know wheat has been connected to many different mental problems and illnesses. All the way from schizophrenia, autism, and even epilepsy. Again, wheat has been connected and associated with many disorders of the brain, such as schizophrenia autism, and even epilepsy, okay? The gluten that is found, ladies and gentlemen, in wheat products, in the breads, in the pastas, in the wraps, if you're sensitive to those wheat products, those, those components, and whenever you expose yourself to gluten, those could be the very issues that are causing a lot of the issues that many people have.
Now, I wanted to be certain that I let you kind of understand where you can go find this information. A gentleman by the name of Chris Gunners. He spells his name K-R-I-S-G-U-N-N-A-R-S. Google him. He wrote an article called Six Ways Whole Wheat Can Destroy Your Health. Okay. Last thing wheat does and grains do, ladies and gentlemen, wheat has been associated with raising your LDL. That's your bad cholesterol. A lot of people think that high cholesterol is about fat. And yes, cholesterol is basically an abundance of fat that's in the blood. But just because you have a high fat diet doesn't mean healthy, by the way, does not mean you're going to have uh, high cholesterol. The things that drive up bad cholesterol is not just the fats, but when you introduce those sugars, not just the simple ones, candy bars, Kool-Aid, sodas, but the things that we don't realize are breaking down just like the sugar, the breads, the grains, the wheats, the wraps, the pastas, etc. There have been various studies done, done on um, this particular Eskimo tribe. And 80% of their diet was fat. And they had the best cholesterol in the world. What happens is when you come to the West, not only do we eat a large amount of fat, but we eat that in tandem with a large amount of what? Carbohydrates. And when you mix the two, it breeds havoc on the body, high insulin, obesity, and the list goes on and on. So those are just a few reasons as to why you want to avoid these things. And I hope you've been helped. I hope you've been blessed by it. Bread, wheat, and grains could be making you sick. We've got two wonderful questions, and I'm going to um, see if I can answer them on today. They're great questions, and let me see if I can ask and read the first one. Hello, Dr. Joe. My question is about tilapia. After reading up on tilapia, I found some disturbing information. I know it is recommended to eat fish that is wild-caught, but exactly how bad is tilapia? What other recommendations would you make? I'm not a fan of salmon, but I've read that salmon along with other, quote, fatty fish are a good source of protein. Excellent question. Um, gang, listen, there's a lot of things that's going on out there about um, fish, especially fish that is farm raised over against fish that is wild caught. Um, the farm raised fish isn't good for you based upon the research because they say the fish are given you know antibiotics and drugs and all these different things and when we consume that it makes us unhealthy over against being caught in the wild that the fish is supposedly more healthy now what I want you guys to know first of all it's a great question I want you to understand I hate to say that you almost don't know who to believe and the reason why is companies will do anything in the world to get our money, to get your money, to get my money, to get the money of the consumers that are out there. And sometimes the way they do this is by creating fear. Oh, you can't have farm raised fish. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't have wild caught fish because it's not sustainable. It's always some, it's always one side telling you why you should buy their stuff and not the other. 
And I hate to say it, but there are a lot of things in the health and wellness industry where companies are putting different things on the outside of boxes to make you think it's good for you when it's not. For example, when you see gluten free, just because you see gluten free does not mean you should buy it. And what companies will do, they'll take things that are naturally gluten free, like potatoes, and then put on the outside of it gluten free to make you think that it's healthier than another regular potato when it's the same potato. Another example is they'll put natural on the outside, all natural. Well, What does that mean? It says natural, but you still have a laundry list of chemicals. What, what do they mean? The peanuts were natural. But what about the other chemicals that they didn't? What about the other chemicals that's on the inside of are they natural as well? So it's a lot of wordplay. It's a lot of legal loopholes that these companies do just to market things to you. So to, to the person who wrote this, I believe in my heart. If you get some good, clean fish. OK. From Publix, from Kroger, from Whole Foods. And if you're eating like you need to eat in other areas of your life. OK. Staying away from the grains. Getting your water, getting your exercise monitoring your weight when you're doing those things whether the fish is was was caught in the wild or whether the fish was farm raised is minimal to your overall health and that's just real talk so i guess what i'm saying is don't stress over that too much buy it as fresh as you can you can't beat whole foods they've got a, a great uh, program but i buy i've bought fish from whole foods i bought it from Publix. i don't buy it from kroger because it never looks that great to me Nothing against Kroger. I'm just just a personal opinion. So get the best product that you can. Um, salmon is a great fish. But anything, ladies and gentlemen, that is mass produced, it's going to be the water is going to be murky. What I mean by that is it's going to be a hustle. It's going to be something. But if you can stick to the basics, have a high quality food, whole foods at the appropriate portion doing it consistently, exercising, emotionally detoxifying, spiritually recalibrating, whether the fish was caught in the wild or whether it was caught in the ocean, I really don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. The stuff that's killing folk is the sugar, is the alcohol, is the cigarettes, it's the, it's the eating too much food, too much carbohydrates, too many fats. It's the, you know, it, 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 it's 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 us eating too much. The abundance. The greed. Those are the things that's killing us. So I hope that answers your question. One more question that um, we have. And actually, this question is about tithing. Great question. Before I ask this question, I want to say that I do tithe and I give cheerfully. But some of my Christian acquaintances feel that I have a misinterpretation of tithes. Would this be something that you could cover or clear up in a podcast? According to other Christians, my understanding of a tenth and a tithe is not the same. And a tithe is a religious ceremony defined in the Torah. But here's where I am. I'm too new in the word to fight back. So I choose to remove myself from the conversations. But my interpretation of Genesis 13, 5 through 7 and Genesis 14 and 17 does not equal out to what they're saying, which is grace made Abraham rich, not his tithes. 
feel free to load me up with scriptures and your thoughts. Great question. I'm glad that you took the time to ask that question. And to those of you who are listening, I'm going to hopefully this can be beneficial for all of you. I'm going to answer four questions. And then I'm going to give you a scripture for each one. Number one, what is the tie that you use for? That's the first question I'm going to answer. Answer. Here it is. In the Old Testament, the tithe was used to support the priest and to build the temples. It's in the Bible. Numbers chapter 18, verse 20 through 21. Quote, then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land. Nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. Behold, I've given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Okay. Second question I want to answer. Does God need our tithe? No. God doesn't need anything. Psalms 50, 10 through 12 says, and I quote, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle of a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. End quote. Third question I want to answer. Why should I tithe? Answer. Tithing is a way of teaching us that God must be our first priority. It's in the Bible, people. It is in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 14, 22 through 23. Quote, you must tithe all of your crops every year. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God. At the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. Now, we have moved towards a monetary type of way of tithing because the system back then was different. And believe it or not, there are some, some country churches that I've been to where the folk who work in the field still will bring their crops to the church to feed the pastor and his family and other members of the church. I've seen that. So the reason why we bring monetary gifts is that's our way of basically giving God our first. Okay. Next question I want to answer. When should I tithe? Answer. We are to return the tithe to God first before we start spending money on other things. It's in the Bible, Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. That is synonymous with the tithe. Does Christ endorse, this is a bonus, does Christ endorse tithing? Yes, because he referenced it. I'll give you an example. Matthew 23, verse 23. Quote, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. End quote. A lot of people ask, should I tithe off of my net or my gross? And I think that's a personal opinion. I think whatever monies that are allowed to come into your possession. So that you want to look upon that as net fine. That we can at least start there. 
And, 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 and what people have to understand is you can't give God an offering without giving a tithe. The offering is the above portion of the tithe. You see. See, see, if, you, if you're in a car that's that's loaded, that's that's a base model. It's got a steering wheel. It's got a radio and it's got cloth seats. That's the basic bare bone that's what the tithe is so that's what that's what if we don't expect anything else if god doesn't expect anything else from us he should expect the basics but when you want the leather the nav system the premium package wheels or whatever that's what the offering is the offering is that which is above the basic so folk who come to church and, you know, you're not tithing, but you're giving, you know, $20 or or something that's not your tithe. And you say, I'm giving an offering. No, you're not because you don't give an offering until you give God that tithe. That tithe is the key to your blessing. That's the cake and icing that offering. OK. That's the ice cream on the side. OK. Well, gang, I hope you've been well. I hope you've been blessed. I hope that this podcast has helped you um, always have a great time with you, with you guys. We are in the midst of another journey session. Preorientation is coming up on the 8th in two days. For those of you who want to be a part of the world's greatest transformational process, just go to our website at formyjourney.com. That's F-O-R-M-Y-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y.com. Register today. Get your seat. It's going down. This is the third and final class for 2015. Wherever you are, guys, I hope you're well and I hope you're blessed. I had a great time with you. Well, again, thank you for tuning in on the Journey Life podcast with yours truly, Dr. Joe. We're here. We know that journey living is all about holistic living. That's living of the mind, the body and the spirit. You be well. You be blessed if you want to send your question. Hit us up at AskDrJoe at ForMyJourney.com. Until next time, you be blessed, and I'll see you then. Peace, love, and blessings.